Hello and welcome to the Place to Place podcast. I'm Claire Dewhurst, the director of City Nation Place, which is the forum for place brands and place marketing. The idea behind this podcast series is to create a chain of conversations between place branding leaders to give you the opportunity to listen in to honest conversations about their challenges, the solutions they're finding, and the opportunities they're exploring to ensure that their place brand strategies deliver real economic benefits. We're really thrilled that you've chosen to tune in and I hope you enjoy the discussions. Welcome back to this next episode of the Place to Place podcast. Um, I'm delighted to have Laura Camras back with us uh, from the Finland Ministry of Foreign Affairs and also to have with us Todd Babiak, who is the Chief Executive for Brand Tasmania. Welcome, Todd. Welcome, Laura. One of the reasons it's particularly good to have you both is because since we last spoke, Laura, you became a City Nation Place Award winner uh, for the communication strategy around hand honours. And Tasmania was uh, named our place brand of the year for 2021. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion. I'm not going to take up anybody's time. I'm going to hand straight over to you, Laura. Thank you, Claire. And hello, everybody. Good to be back on this post podcast. And hi, Dot Todd. Nice to see you finally. Uh, first, congratulations, Todd, on winning City Nation Place, Place Brand of the Year Award uh, last November. I think it, it's a good time now at the beginning of this year to discuss a little bit in general about place branding and maybe also a little bit about nation branding since I'm representing nation brand. But let's talk first about brand Tasmania because we are all keen to hear more about your work. Uh, I was very fascinated when I uh, the storyline on brand Tasmania and how you have worked with your brand. Uh, it would be good to hear at, at the beginning of this podcast a little bit more about the work you did with your strategy, the focus on storytelling and bringing people to share and write their own story, doing hundreds of interviews and putting special emphasis on the uh, authenticity. Uh, so how did you work with your strategy and what did it take to achieve this? Thanks, Laura. Well, first of all, congratulations to you as well. Uh, But a little bit like you, we were hunting for that feeling of what can only happen here, what is unique and distinct in this place. And we didn't want to do a hundred facilitated sessions where people choose between innovative or resilient or sustainable and all of these other universal synonyms of place goodness. We wanted to try to figure out what was unique and special. And the way we did it is we used Australian Bureau of Statistics data they would give us an absolute cross-section of Tasmania by gender and location, by age. How long had people been here? Uh, Tasmanian Aboriginal people have been here for thousands of years and some new arrivals, five generations. And then there are, are people a little bit like me, brand new immigrants. And we wanted to spend time with them an hour at a time. And so we ended up doing a 200 interviews for our work. And then we plugged it into 200 more that I'd done previously as a consultant here. And and what we were really asking them is, again, what can only happen here? What would break your heart if you had to leave? What is an example of that? And without uh, being mean, we were generally trying to get people to move past slogans and grand phrases and abstractions and into specificity and even cultural specificity. And for the story they told broadly about Tasmania, but more importantly about themselves and about the sorts of organizations 
individuals, artists, uh, communities that it moved them the most, that seemed most Tasmanian. And, and that was just a wonderful experience. And what we saw, gosh, maybe 15 interviews in, was a remarkable consistency. There's something about people who choose, a little like Finland, who choose to be in an isolated place. Uh, there's something about that, being a little bit outside the grand culture of mainland Australia, and then even uh, North America, Europe, Asia. And, and what we found is people would often talk about this, these elements of hardship and, and isolation, errors we've made in the past. The UN definition of genocide came from the way that Tasmanian Aboriginal people were treated. And it was just strange, I found, as an outsider, to hear people being so honest about hardship and obstacles they had to overcome. And then the overcoming always had a lovely turn in it, being underestimated, made fun of by the rest of Australians, for example, being the poorest state in the lucky country. Uh, there's a bit of a chip on the Tasmanian shoulder that is well earned. And Tasmanians loved the turn in the story to go from that isolation into invention, to go from being underestimated to inventing something special that the rest of Australia or the world could learn from. And then they would give us examples, whether it was from food and beverage or from the invention of the wave-piercing catamaran to the strangest private museum in the world, community projects like some of the nicest places to ride a mountain bike. These are the sorts of stories we heard, and there was a uniquely Tasmanian way to tell them. So we just thought, how do we distill all of this and get all of that onto one page, and then from a page to half a page, and then from half a page to something even shorter than that, without it feeling like a slogan or uh, an, ex an ex exercise in sloganeering in any fashion? And I suppose that's what we landed on after all of this, hundreds of thousands of words down to something. And then we had to figure out, how do we express this? And then how do we turn it into strategy? I think you mentioned very important points when it comes to, to any branding, place or nation. Uh, it's the kind of that it has to be based on honesty. You can't fake anything. You can't fake the story because otherwise nobody will believe it and you will, won't get any, anybody on board to share the story. Uh, what we did in Finland 12 years ago, we actually wrote the national country brand report. Our foreign minister back in the day said that Finland should write her own story to the world. What is the story that we want to share about us? And it took, it, it was a very large stakeholder cooperation process. It took two years to finalize the report. And I wasn't involved back then, but it's actually the basis for then our country branding strategy that we then finalized 2017. So I'm such, so happy that we have done the report because today when, when we do anything, it's good to have the background and basis that we have the report, we have done it once and we know what is our story. And it's easy to build then stories based on, on that kind of the report, first report that was written. But let's talk a bit more about your strategy. When you did your, your strategy, did you run to any difficulties or challenges when you engaged your stakeholders? Because kind of this is the key issue in any branding. You need to make it work so that you invite people to own it. So can you open a little bit about this, uh, about the uh, stakeholder cooperation? As long as you can tell me how you shared your your report with with Finnish people first before you started telling it to the world, which interests me. And I think that's where where we were. 
how do we actually get Tasmanians excited about this? The reason we wanted to have kind of a, a bottom-up, inside-out strategy is if we did this research and then all of a sudden let Tasmanians out of it and started marketing something externally, we knew from our research that Tasmanians wouldn't own it. Even if we had the story right, they would not have felt like they had been uh, the chief storytellers. So we think of ourselves as a client service organization. And the way that we helped our stakeholders was by helping our stakeholders. We have never made it about brand Tasmania. Our legislation is across trade, tourism, workforce attraction, investment attraction, student attraction, but we see it all as community action. So if we can help people across all of those elements of our society, economy, and culture, help them tell their story, help them sell more of what they're selling, or uh, make what they're selling even more special. How can we make sure that our university, we only have one university here, tells a story that is distinctly Tasmanian, doesn't try to play in the world-class university space so much as this can only happen here. Can we make sure that the people we're asking to come, the talented people who, who might otherwise be in large cities in Australia or around the world, to understand that coming here means it's, it's just different. And we're after ambitious introverts who love nature. So across the board, rather than us do a stakeholder session where we told everyone, here's the strategy that you must follow. Instead, we helped them first. We went across the state and did workshops. And we didn't even talk about the Tasmanian brand for the first hour. It was all about using the techniques of narrative to build their own brands or to solve their own problems, to create their own placemaking opportunities, for example. And then the second half, by the way, this is what we heard from Tasmanians. This is where we're going with the brand. And we never even launched it. We just let it slowly bubble up. And we just had a big uh, sports event here called The Ashes, which is in cricket. And as a foreigner, I, I barely understand cricket, frankly. But it was wonderful to see how everyone was able to use this very simple uh, strategy on brand and, and cultural expression we'd built and to fold it around the food that people experienced, the sport, the music that people were playing, and even the ways they experienced the city. And so I suppose that's what we've tried to do is almost be invisible as an organization and to give people the tools to succeed however they would like to succeed. And then I want to ask you now, how did you, after you finished your report, how did you share it with Finns before you started thinking of it as, as foreign affairs? That's a good question. I am sorry, I can't offer you an answer since I wasn't involved back then. But I think at least the branding for the process was very effective. I, I remember reading in the newspapers back in the day about the process and how it was handled and how did they do the release and all this. And and also that that we didn't leave it there. And now everything we do is based on the strategy, of course. And it's then based on our key strengths, because the core idea with the report and the strategy is, what has Finland had to offer to the world? What is our impact? And that's the, and here comes my ne next question, actually, to Todd. Uh, because now you have, it's amazing to hear about your stakeholders uh, how you have empowered them to tell their own story. But now the next step is then how do you make sure that people are then, that you don't lose the oversight, how the brand is used? Uh, have you already done something to ensure that everyone is working within the brand guidelines and the story? Well, we haven't been the brand police at all. So no one's been in trouble for for doing the wrong thing. We were really careful never to make it, and and my previous lives doing this as a consultant, whenever something was launched, 
here's the new logo. Here are the new rules. Here's the new color. Here's the new line. No matter what, even if it's the most beautiful and perfect way to express a brand, no matter what, people are going to despise it, a certain percentage of them. So that's one of the things we just wanted to make sure we did is uh, we almost did it by stealth. It just it just came. And if we understand all of our partners and what they want to do and achieve, we could find bespoke ways to do that. And I suppose the, I think you're asking a little bit of a question around how do we ensure consistency? We're lucky here. There are only 540,000 people here. And so if we go, I suppose, community by community and, and have a bit of a strategy on how to reach them, uh, then eventually we're going to reach just about everyone. And the nice thing is people are doing this for us. They're starting to spread it around themselves. And that's, that's the great thing. When we do find people who are using something inconsistently, we, we don't usually go after them. We offer, we reach out and ask if we can help in some fashion. And we try to make it better, whatever it is they're doing. And we do have not only the data from within Tasmania now, we do have data from not only the mainland of Australia, but from four international markets about how people are feeling about Tasmania. The nice thing is this, there's a really nice uh, parallel in the way people feel about Tasmania or are beginning to feel about Tasmania. One of the things that we share, we share a lot with Finland, actually, the cleanest air in the world and a lot of renewable electricity. But a lot of people don't know that Tasmania is 100% renewable, self-sufficient in renewable electricity, uh, net zero five of the last six years. And that's a great opportunity for us because when you tell them in these sessions, they're just delighted. It fits this sort of artisanal, small business, go get them underdog Cinderella story of Tasmania fit to something that we've quietly achieved that we can offer the world. This fits nicely for them. And can we help our, our partners package that up, whether that's for investment or to make sure that people want to spend more on everything Tasmanian, or when they visit here by 2025, having carbon neutral or climate positive travel, just trying to slowly integrate this research and thinking and this story into everyone. And a little bit like your stories on your site, when you go through sector by sector, here's a way to tell the Finland story. We're doing that with our sector partners as well, just giving it to them, doing some research with them and then saying, if you want to talk about the maritime industry, here's the really Tasmanian way to do it. And we're going across the board like that, food and beverage, whether it's space or our tech story. Uh, we're not like Silicon Valley or even one of the big cities. It's quieter here. And how do we actually express that, this workshop of a place? And so I think that has been the fun of it, is coming in and helping as a client service organization, all these organizations, because we all struggle with brand expression and we all struggle with strategy. Yeah, you mentioned a very important point here, and it's the kind of the common message is that people know that you have the, the message and the storyline for, for in, your, you know, in your case, Tasmania, and that's what we have done. And we have created tools for our network and for everybody who wants to share Finland's story. But I'm interested to hear about the uh, connection between nation and place brand. I read somewhere that your approach has resonated with locals and other government agencies and the Austrian nation brand team is... Uh, using it to demonstrate how state and nation brands can work together. And myself, I'm representing nation brand uh, team here in Finland. So it would be very interesting to me to hear about your collaboration with, with the Australian nation brand team. I think we share a, we share a philosophy uh, that there is uh, basically a, a narrative-based way to do this. Uh, we do in some ways have an advantage in being a smaller place. The bigger you are, I think the harder this is to do. That's why I think 
places like Tasmania and Finland do have some advantage just in our smallness. Um, but what we're trying to do, I think, with our friends in Australia is make sure that there's a there's a common approach and a common language. We're not stepping on each other. We're sharing information. And when we go out there and tell the Australian story, there is a Tasmanian way to do it. Or perhaps there is a way to do it that represents more the Western part of Australia or the Northern Territory. Australia is a very big and very diverse place. And what we'd like to do even with our partners in other states is allow them to share uh, with us the strategy that we used and to empower them to do what we've done in their own way. And, and that way it gives the nation brand folks a lot of tools and a lot of stories to use. If we're all building great Australian stories, diverse and distinct as they may be, it just adds more texture and gives the, the Australian nation brand effort, I think, uh, a lot more to work with. I think sometimes you, you find, we're going to go tell the Australian story. What is that story? And what's the example of that story that most resonates in these markets? What we're trying to do is a little bit like you, we have our own toolbox. And, and I know that the uh, nation brand team are building the, the Australian brand uh, toolbox as well. So some of it's that just the simple way of doing things, but other ways we've spoken with our friend Fiona in, in the nation brand on how do we measure this? Uh, there are off the shelf ways to measure the power of your place brand, but perhaps there are other distinct ways to do it that meet our needs. And so that's the big quandary of everyone listening probably understands, man, this is hard to measure. And if we can figure that out, uh, or at least get close to figuring it out, try some things and certainly launch projects. Project-based uh, place branding is what we're most interested in right now. And maybe we can share some of those projects and then take them national. Yeah. Well, uh, and in Finland, we have been working a lot with with kind of regions and of course with especially with our capital Helsinki since uh Helsinki is doing excellent excellent brand work and yeah. also winner in the CMP last November so uh they are doing excellent work and our priorities with nation level and state uh, kind of city level are in or capital level they are very similar like sustainability and functionality so they are really going hand in hand but also it's important to get the whole nation on board i mean that's why we we want to put more more emphasis also on, on reaching the regions finland's brand is very strong and it's strengthening every year in in for instance in anhold ipsos index that we just received the latest outcome we know that the core essence in national place branding is making an impact on others simon anhold wisely said that laura you, first you need to pose a question to yourself why should anyone on the other side of the world be interested in finland's happiness if they can't be a part of this and i think this is a very very good starting point for any branding it's kind of using this so that you invite people to kind of be part of this uh, in this case happiness and you have mentioned somewhere that uh, that the good storytelling is about showing and not telling so now coming back to your strategy how do you put your strategy into action like what is the delivery uh, you want to tell to the world with your strategy How do you make an impact? What is the story to the world that you want to share and invite everybody to be kind of to hear the story? That's exactly what we're thinking here. Uh, using our story and then creating almost Trojan horse projects so that people can feel invited into it, can be a part of it, and can it transform them in some way, whether that's for a weekend or if they want to buy something Tasmanian, if they want to wear Blunston boots and how that 
makes them feel, or maybe they'd like to work here, maybe they'd like to study here, but what is that that they can only find in Tasmania? And a lot of that, uh, you're talking internally and culturally around happiness in Finland. What we're thinking about is how can we use the story? How can we use the Tasmanian brand, which is aspirational and actually has that almost rags to riches or rags to more meaningful life quality to it? How can we help Tasmanians achieve what they need to achieve as well? We're in a situation here where we wish we had the educational outcomes that you have in Finland, for example. In our research, we knew that people were worried most actually about literacy levels, high school completion. And so one of the things we're doing, and it's somewhat inspired by the Finnish box, that uh, the baby box that you get when you're first born, what we're doing is uh, for every Tasmanian that's born, the nurse who visits your home after your first month, they will come with a bag. And inside that bag is a board book that tells the Tasmanian story and a little Tasmanian onesie. So you can right away from the very beginning be filled with pride to to be Tasmanian because pride and confidence have been uh, aspiration, have been problems here in the past. Information, a free library card, information about where you can go with your baby to join other parents, and then even how to to read to your children. If you can't do that, here's a website, press play, and someone will read that story for you. And every milestone in the first thousand days, we'd like to have little Tasmanian be a part of that. And that's a way that we'd like to impact Tasmanians and then through earned media and other ways, tell that story to other places. And then we're now also taking it with an ideas lab into our school system, into our K-12 system. Our economy is 97% small business these days. It didn't used to be, but now it is uh, because of the distance everything has to travel from here. It's a little like Finland. We have to actually have all kinds of value added products, no matter what it is. So can young people, when they graduate grade 12 here, have have they uh, become ready to launch a business or an arts venture or a social venture through these techniques of small enterprise thinking so they can think Tasmanian by year 12 and again, feel that sense of pride. And we can use that inside the Australian curriculum in a Tasmanian context. So these are some of the things we're thinking about. It. Are, are there ways that we can use the Tasmanian story to make Tasmania better, but then also invite the world who might want to be a part of it or to be inspired by what we're doing in Tasmania the Tasmanian way we're solving problems. I'm happy to say Tasmania has become an aspirational destination, especially for Australians, but we want it to be more than a place to visit. We want it to be a place that is honestly and authentically uh, telling its story through action for Tasmanians and then for others who might want to be a part of it. And can a business event in Tasmania allow you to leave as a better thinker, a better entrepreneur? Can you leave quieter and more meditative because of that experience you've had in Tasmania. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, again, very important point, and this is kind of the offering in, inspiration and solutions. In Finland's case, the country brand is mentioned in the government program or country image, we use that phrase. It's mentioned also in the government program that Finland is offering solutions on global challenges based on the value-based uh, country brand or image and I think it's important to always think about what do we have to offer and how can we act as an inspiration. And I think we are coming now to my last question, and this is now a philosophical, philosophical question more, because nation or place branding can be quite a, quite a hard concept to wrap around, wrap around your head if you are not already in the industry. So how can we help people to really understand the value of place or, in my case, nation branding? Now, if you're at the pub, you don't care about nation branding. But for the people who really need to know about nation branding, I think one of the things I've noticed is unification 
always gets people thinking because they understand everyone has their own brand department, marketing department, logo here, logo there, communications this, and they're desperate for just an easier, more elegant, more powerful way to do that. And so we use the phrase unifying cultural expression and strategy. We're one small place. Why have 100,000 messages? Let's have one. And inside that box, we can be really creative. And so that I think is, is one way that we've tried to do it. We can solve that problem of randomness. I suppose randomness and the white page and this, the noise is the enemy of good branding. Uh, that's one of the things that I've thought about. And it has worked uh, when we're trying to pitch ourselves and our services to people. Yeah, very good points. We have to make the messages heard and, and spread the information about the value and the meaning of nation brand. Uh, people have perceptions about nations, about places, and we just hope that they would be positive, for instance, in our case, that, so that we get new friends to Finland or to Tasmania. Uh, but I think these were my questions at this time, and I hope you really enjoyed our discussion with Todd, and I wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Thank you, both of you. Given that we're recording this quite early in my morning so that Todd didn't have to stay up till midnight, that was a really positive discussion. Um, what a good start to my day. Such open-minded and best practice thinking about coast branding. So thank you both very much for your time. And I look forward, Todd, to welcoming you back for our next conversation when we've lined up someone good for you to chat to, Todd. Um, so thanks very much.